Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, hello, welcome everyone. Welcome back. It's been a couple of weeks, a few days more than that. I was really wanting to put out an episode last week, but yeah, it just got so busy and gratefully so. I'm super lucky to be busy in my work and in my life too. But yeah, it really reminded me of how important it is to check in to our intentions for what we feel we should do. You know, there's so many things that we feel we want to do throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout our lives. But if you kind of look at a week and There's so many things that we have to do, right? So the things that we want to do, we prioritize them. I do anyway. I want to do my podcast. I love doing it. And what happened last week is it was very evident that, yeah, I would be pushing to get it out. I would have been really stretching myself. And in the past, as you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that that is a very natural kind of default way of being for me. Since I've really focused on, you know, my own healing, my own work, prioritizing what I need, now I know. I know what my energy needs, but it's so easy to forget. And of course, it happened on the week that I was hosting my Slow Majesty workshop, which was, I mean, so beautiful. I am incredibly grateful, so, so, so thankful for everyone that signed up for the beautiful souls that joined me live and yeah, everybody that has been able to, or been able to listen to or watch the replay, they have um, yeah, had some really nice feedback about it. Some people have said that, you know, that it's made them feel extremely peaceful, grounded, like they had gone on vacation, a way that they've connected to their energy and themselves was very unique that they hadn't kind of done before. And I'm so glad because that was, speaking of intentions, that was my intention for the workshop was to have active exercises, to have a real working shop so that we were doing things together where you were really learning about your intuitive rhythm, about your energy, about what you need and how it feels and what it feels like when you're grounded so that you can protect it because then you know whose energy you're feeling and when you're feeling energy that is not yours. So yeah, there's so many 
so many things that I learned that I want to kind of go deeper on in future workshops and things. So yeah, so, so thankful for that. And if you didn't get a chance to sign up for it, please just go to the show notes. I'll put a little link there, click there, and then I will send you access to the replay because everybody should be able to try it if they want to. That is why I made it free because I wanted anybody who felt the need, the call to really slow down and relax into themselves for 90 minutes. I wanted that to be available where all you need is some kind of internet connection. That was it. And a device of some sort. So yeah, if you'd like it, please reach out to me. It is never a bother. I usually answer my messages within 48 hours at the most. And yeah, I'll send that replay out to you right away. So yes, total sidebar, but not really. Because of course I was hosting, creating, putting on the Slow Majesty Workshop all about honoring your natural rhythm, honoring the way that you naturally flow. And what happened? I really resisted my own natural flow. Of course, I had to learn even more lessons about what I was, you know, teaching and offering to you, which is the perfect example that everything we do, even when we're giving it to other people, we're receiving something as well. So the podcast, letting it go, saying to myself that there is no good reason to push myself to create something for you to receive. That's like the basis. That's how I kind of broke it down for myself. Because speaking of energy, when I do something, when I create something out of obligation in a rushed way where my intention is, I don't want to not do it, then that energy is with it. Not that you could, you know, probably feel it right away, but it's not giving you what I always intend to give you, which is, you know, I really want to make sure that what I'm offering to you through this podcast, which is grounded in my knowing that I can trust, you know, my inspiration of what I feel called to speak to, to talk about. And if I was doing that from pure obligation, I don't think it would have been very good. So not to give myself an excuse, but to offer that lesson that if there is something that you love to do, you do it on a consistent basis. But one week, one time, you're really struggling to do it. That struggle, that resistance, that's what we have to pay attention to. That's a way that we can work with our energy in a very natural way, paying attention, really being conscious of why we're doing things. So uh, yeah, I thought it was so, so, so funny. So funny. A million so's <laughs> that 
I had to kind of go through that lesson for myself on the week that, you know, on the Friday of that week, I was going to be teaching and hosting a workshop all about our own flow, our own rhythm, connecting to our energy and honoring it. Because I was really, you know, put to task to honor my own. And I thought, if I do say so for myself, I did a pretty good job. So I was very happy that I did that (laughs) because it's not always the case. Many times the lesson is in not listening and then seeing what happens. But this time I did listen. So thank you for your patience. If you were waiting for one, I appreciate it so much. And if you weren't, if you didn't even notice, that makes a lot of sense. And that's great too. Welcome to this new episode. We are still in October. I'm so curious how your October has been. I've received a few messages from people saying that they really connected to the October energy impressions of that new start, new beginning of action, that that Robin symbolism, trusting our instincts on knowing the action to do, on knowing where to go, even if it doesn't make sense to other people, trusting the way our mind works. We have that beautiful mind kind of imagery of making sure that we trust the way that we are experiencing things and to not overanalyze the way that we are in the world. And that's another way to really ground as well. So I felt second half of October that grounding has been like incredibly important. I found that in my practice for sure, but also for myself and just being around others and being out in the world that, yeah, this is kind of that time of year where, like I said in the impressions, if I'm remembering correctly, that we can kind of put the brakes on our own momentum that it can feel like, oh, well, the year, you know, it's almost November now and then December and then there you go. January 2023, the year is done, but we still have so much time. So making sure that I am taking care of my energy, making sure that I am grounded in the morning, making sure that I'm still doing my practices that I know support me so much, my morning journaling, meditation, my daily workout. I always need to get a sweat in. I take, of course, rest days, but, you know, five to six days a week, I need to sweat. And that's just my energy that I've discovered. I know it's not the same for everyone, but it is for me. So those are what I need. And yeah, sharing those with you again, in case you needed a little bit of a reminder to check in to what you need, to the practices that support you. The things that help us so that when everything gets a bit crazy, when things don't go exactly the way we want them to, we still feel rooted, that we still feel centered in ourselves, that the uncertainty around us doesn't create uncertainty inside of us. And yeah, that was kind of a key 
to my Slow Majesty workshop as well. So if you feel like you need to connect to your energy that way, yeah, please reach out and I will send you the replay because yes, I know it will help you, especially if you're feeling called to it because that is a sign, right? That's a sign. If you're feeling it a little bit, little nudge, little voice in your head, little voice in your ear, little feeling in your stomach, little pull in your heart. Yeah, follow it. And today, today is a little bit of a mishmash of topics. I, you know, always like to do a little bit of a meditation before I come and talk to you. A few things came to me. And the first one, I felt like kind of going over again, what Reiki is, what energy healing is, what is it? Because I do get that question so often. And it's a really fun one for me to answer because the first thing I always say is, well, I don't know completely. I don't know 100% what it is. So I always say that first because I don't. I couldn't say 100% without a doubt this is what it is because none of us know. There can be long traditions of knowing, but is it 100%? Do things get lost in the translation? Do things get lost in the relaying of information? Of course. But I have had so many new people reaching out for Reiki trainings. So that is kind of one of the first things I go over when I do my classes and do my trainings. And I thought, yeah, let's talk about it a little bit if you are interested. So let's, first of all, talk about what Reiki means. It is a Japanese word, even though Reiki isn't inherently Japanese from a Japanese tradition. It was created in Japan by a man of Japanese origin. So the symbols are in Japanese writing, calligraphy, in the symbols. But that is because the man that brought the system of Reiki to us was Japanese. So Reiki means Reiki. Rei is the universal. Ki is energy. So it means universal energy. That's it. A very broad, broad, very broad title for one small modality. So what does universal energy mean? Well, from my experience, it's energy that animates everything. It's the life force that runs through me, and every living thing that has ever been. And that is very challenging to really digest. I recognize that completely. But there is something so helpful in thinking about, feeling into an idea as large as universal energy. So maybe take just like one second and put your hands together. And of course, there's always heat, but rub your hands together. 
And then put your hands very close together. And then slowly pull them apart, your palms apart. And then slowly put them back together where they're almost touching. And then pull them apart. And then take your left hand and put that left hand kind of close to your heart space, but not on it, just kind of two inches outside of it. And then take your right hand and just let it kind of be in the air next to you, palm up or down, whatever you like. And then just be, just feel for a second. And if you are on the bus or driving or in the middle of doing the dishes or laundry or on a walk where you can't really do this, just imagine it. Just imagine one hand slightly in front of your chest, but not touching, and your other hand just out on the air, in the air. And notice the sensations. Notice the difference in sensation from your right hand to your left hand. Because what you may start to feel is the difference between the universal energy that you're feeling, that you are a part of, that is part of your energy, that you can feel a few inches outside of your heart space, and then the feeling of your hand away from your body, experiencing the energy around it. And then you can switch your hands. So then you put your right hand about an inch outside of your chest, not touching physically, and put your left hand away from your body and just kind of being in the air. So you can really experience the difference in energy around you. There you go. You just felt it. So what Reiki, the modality, what the system of Reiki does, as the practitioner, I understand the energy that you are connected to. So what I can do as a practitioner is I utilize my knowledge of working with Reiki, universal energy, and I can bring that to your energy because your energy is already connected to the universal energy. And by me bringing it to you in many different ways, depending on how you need it, supports and strengthens and brings harmony to your energetic system. So that is kind of the only way that I can describe it without getting so specific, because it's specific to everyone. So as a practitioner of Reiki, of utilizing that universal energy, which travels just like all energy, just like how you are listening to my voice in your ears at a certain time, even though I recorded this at another time in a completely different place, you get to experience it. And that is a way to describe how I work with clients 
from around the world. Why we don't have to be in physical proximity with each other. How it actually, to my pleasant surprise, works better than in person. Because there's not that physical barrier. We can connect to the energy, what your energetic bodies need. I don't know exactly how it works, but I know how to work it. Yeah, I know how to work it. I know what the results are. I know that it is a relaxed nervous system, better sleep, better digestion, relief of tension and pain, more clarity, understanding what your heart is trying to say, recognizing maybe the purpose that you weren't seeing that will light you up for the rest of your life. That's what energy healing offers. And that's why it is a modality that works so well with so many other things. It's so complementary. But learning Reiki, if you feel called to learn it, that doesn't mean that you're meant to be a practitioner. But it definitely means that you are being called to connect to your energy and universal energy in a deeper way. And I guess I felt called to remind you of that. So allow your intuition to guide you to the things that may not make a lot of sense. And I will say that that is one of the greatest gifts that I've received from trusting my journey, this really long, interesting journey that I've had so far, still going, you know, God willing, that through trusting all of these things that I, at first, so skeptical of, and I'm a skeptic at heart, not cynical. I really want to know what something is. I want to know what the truth is. But part of me accepting that, yes, this is weird. Yes, this is odd. Yes, for sure, there are people that take advantage of the ideas of these modalities and are not the purest of intentions and can harm people. But I had to trust that I can really discern whether something is supporting someone or not. And the only way that I could figure that out was going through it myself and seeing how it supported me. And that's why I really love offering you know, this customized blend of, you know, intuitive energy healing, but also intuitive coaching and mentorship and guidance, like a real blend, because that's what opened up. That's how I know that I can support such gorgeous women around the world, transcend, you know, their burnout and their overwhelm and their self-doubt. So they can really remember and reclaim and utilize the incredible power of their unique energy and their unique intuition because then they trust their inner calling they trust the voice they can hear it again and then that way there is an obvious and actual recognizable path to the life that they were meant to live 
Because by not understanding, connecting, and balancing our energy without remembering all the parts of ourselves that are there, but we're not paying attention to. So whether you are, you know, for the first time watching my Slow Majesty workshop, connecting to your energy, maybe your first guided meditation, or whether you are, you know, going into learning and becoming a Reiki master teacher, both of those are ways for you to really see clearer because you are honoring and remembering your energy. And when you can do that, and this shouldn't be the reason, but it's a beautiful side effect, is you can show up. You can show up for your loved ones, for the people around you that need you to show up. You can be in situations where maybe you felt too sensitive to be in before. That's the magic. That's the super, supernatural, natural magic of working with energy. Because guess what? We're working with energy all day long. Life is energy work. So really focusing on aspects of it can be really life-changing, especially when we're dealing with emotions, feelings, physical reactions in our bodies to experiences we've had. That's what energy healing can really help with. And I also wanted to give a little update on my experience since losing my beloved beau, my little Bobo. My cat passed away in March. And if you are a new listener, he was part of a bonded pair and we still have his brother, thankfully. And yeah, they they were just the most beautiful, beautiful pair together. And it was quite sudden. Bo got very sick very quickly. Some incredibly aggressive cancer, you know, took over his liver. And yeah, there was nothing, nothing we could do for him or the veterinarian or anything. There was no, there wasn't even any kind of crazy expensive surgery or even something experimental. It was just, it was time. So that was incredibly heartbreaking. And I did do an episode on it about pet loss, heart healing and pet loss that you can go back and listen to if you want to. But it's been seven months. And today when I was feeling into and, you know, meditating about what to talk about, it was really a lot of bow. It was a lot of, let's talk about all the ways that I felt bow. The ones I can remember now anyway, since he's been gone and how I experience it. And there are so many ways and ideas and philosophies, but I really believe that it is so, and I've experienced, so specific to each person. So I want to offer my experience. Instead of talking about it in broad terms, I wanted to, yeah, just give a little bit of insight into how I connect to my darling Bo now that I don't have him in 
physical form anymore. So the first thing I'll say is that for the first month, I didn't even want to kind of try to feel if I could feel him. It was a boundary, I believe, for my heart. My heart knew, my energy knew, I knew that it wasn't time for that. That even though I feel very lucky to believe quite strongly, have a lot of faith based on what I've experienced, that our loved ones, that that love never goes away, that that love never dies, that we always have access to it. But experiencing that deep grief for myself, it wasn't time to remember that. It was time to feel heartbroken. It was time for me to just be held in the grief. Instead of trying to create some kind of connection or relationship with Bo's energy, his spirit, his love, his heart. There's so many different ways to say it, however you want to say it. Again, I would never say that I know for sure what it is. And that's why I give so many different words for it. So for that first month, it was really allowing myself to be in the grief. And there is something, maybe that kind of brings in the universal energy aspect. Because the creator of Reiki, Mikao Usui, he brought it to the people in 1922, not that long ago. He explained it as Reiki is love. And the heartbreak that I felt for Bo, it could have been a person. And I know that some people who have never had pets or experienced that love, it's hard to describe. And this was my first pet that I lost. These are my first pets. I never had them growing up. My whole family was allergic. And so, of course, intellectually, rationally, of course, it's going to hit me extra hard. Da 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 da. But what I really learned was oh, yeah. That love is love. So yes, after the first month, I started to, you know, have less times where I had that huge wave of grief where the tears would just flow. That happened less, which was nice. It wasn't immediately where even the thought or reminder or picture would bring up that deep grief. So after that first month, the first time that I really felt his love, and that's how I'm going to say it, because I really do feel that when we connect to anyone who isn't alive anymore, I really feel like how we connect is through love. That the love we have, like I was saying, it never dies. It's elastic. It's, you know, a ribbon that cannot be broken. But it's also kind of a bridge. Yes, the way that I really see it and understand it is that 
that love that we shared, that that is a bridge. That is the channel. That is the portal. That is the, you know, the connector. That that love is never ending. But it really is, you know, the receiver and the transmission. That it's all of it. So the first time that I felt Bo and his love, it made me really understand that whenever I think of him, whenever I take a moment and recognize him again, oh, see, now I'm crying again. (laughs) Maybe seven months is not long enough. But you, yeah, but again, it's okay to cry. And it is so important for our bodies and it releases so many great hormones. So there's all the excuses and factors to allow me to cry right now. So the first time that I really felt him, and I'm sharing this so that maybe it will help you with a pet that you've lost or perhaps a loved one. So yes, the first time that I felt Bo again, felt his love, felt that connection, that bridge to his memory, to his spirit and his heart, I was in the kitchen and I looked at the cat tree, which we still have because Bandit is still here, still alive and well. And I really could, you know, it was that very quick feeling of seeing his outline where he usually sleeps. And so I saw that, but I felt it. And all of a sudden, I felt that deep, beautiful weight of love in my heart. For me, it feels like the most comforting warmth Okay, full disclosure, by describing that to you, I became pretty overwhelmed with the same feeling. And here I am, feeling it again. And it was pretty overwhelming, but I felt him so beautifully. And yeah, I just had to take him in. And now I'm, yeah. But I wanted to share that. Because that is the reality of podcasting and speaking from the heart. But I'm so glad that that happened because that is what I was trying to explain. (laughs) Okay, crying, laughing always. That's what I was trying to explain about this love, about connecting to our loved ones when they have passed. That feeling, that overwhelm of love in the space where maybe the grief isn't so big, where it's clouding our feeling that love. So when we, you know, are in that phase or that time, because it always goes back and forth, but when we're in that time where we can feel that love, and I'll say, when I can feel that love for Bo, I know that we're together in it. That love is reciprocal. 
And so I just want to offer that if you've had that experience of missing a pet so deeply or missing someone so deeply that you get overwhelmed with love in your chest and in your heart, overwhelmed with remembering them. So then you become overwhelmed with emotion and you cry. I understand wanting to put that away because we don't have time to do that all all the time. I mean, it's not always available to us to break down that way, quote unquote breakdown. Because I obviously don't think it's a breakdown. I think it is a very natural reaction to connecting to the love again, because the love is always there. So the first way that I started connecting to Bo again was by allowing myself to really feel his love and my love and the beautiful thing that happens when we share love. It creates something. That's the love that never dies. And I thought I was going to give so many different ways that I connected with him, but that was, I guess, not the plan. Because now that I've explained that and shared That feels like, yeah, that's been my experience. By knowing every time that I feel that, allow myself to feel that deep, deep love when I am reminded of him, that I am connecting to him. And I will offer one more, just another way. There's a lot of ways, but I just feel this one more. This feels, yeah, like a good one to share. That I was really missing him one day, I think it was last month. And I was in that kind of stage where I didn't want to feel what I'm feeling and sharing with you. I was, I had no time for it that day. I was just really bummed out. I was, I was just so bummed out that he wasn't around. I was really, really missing him. And yeah, I just was not in the space. It just wasn't feeling like allowing myself to feel that connection to him because it is overwhelming. I feel like perhaps this is, you know, a theory that Every time we do allow ourselves to feel that, it kind of calibrates our energy to the connection, to that love connection, to the new way that we're experiencing love together with us and our loved one. So every time that we feel that kind of breakdown, all those symptoms, It's part of kind of the path to get to the connection where we're not overwhelmed by it. And then, you know, if years and years go by and then it is that overwhelm again, I think that's also like a new calibration because the relationship is maybe changing. The energy is changing. So something to think about that connects for you and, you know, take it feel into it. So yes, I was pretty bummed out, really missing him, but did not 
want to go there. Because even though I know these things, I don't always practice them because, yeah, that day I just wasn't feeling it. I was like, no, I don't want to. I do not want to feel that because it's pretty intense. And, you know, maybe I'd already done my makeup. So I was like, I don't want to redo my makeup. All the things, all the regular things in life that get in the way of us really experiencing the magnitude of the emotional (laughs) landscape of living and dying and all the in-between. So I was like, no, not going to do it. I was like, I love you, Bo, but I miss you and I'm mad about it and I'm just going to go on with my day. So I picked up my phone. And I went to my WhatsApp and I had a message there from a friend. So I went to open the message and it opened to the media that we shared. So if we were sending photos back and forth or like any gifts or anything that you have to go into like the media part of your WhatsApp to find those. But when I opened up the message to my friend that or message from my friend that she had sent me, The media was already open, but the only picture that I could see that my phone was showing me in the gallery of our media, there was only one picture and it was Bo. It was a picture of Bo that I had sent her at some point. And we sent so many pictures and, you know, screenshots and things like that back and forth. Yeah. So it was really such a gorgeous sign from him, a sign from our love that he was there. Even though I didn't want to feel him, he still made himself known. And yeah, I just wanted to share those those experiences with you in case you are moving through that grief right now. In the case that you haven't been allowing yourself to feel it, to feel that that love. Because before I truly felt it for myself, and I've had grief before, of course, had loved ones pass away. But this was my first sudden loved one, where there was no preparation. Before, I think I always thought that that overwhelm, that grief was really about the the wound of loss, that hole that's created, that space that is, you know, left behind from losing our loved one. And I feel like I have touched on this before, but I'll, you know, reiterate it because I feel called to that that grief is really may not be a wound or a hole. But a new way to experience the gravity of that enormous love, where it's almost painful, where that amount of love is hard to receive, that there's not a cavernous hole, but that we actually have to make new space for the amount of love, that there is maybe even more love, that that love evolves, that it is strengthened so that that connection is always there. 
And that makes me think of an experience that I had that I haven't shared with you. No, I don't think so. And it is one of my more kind of metaphysical experiences. And it was one of the first times that I felt that elastic love, but I also saw it. And again, this is my experience. So take what you need, leave the rest. But I do want to share it because it was, you know, one of those kind of wild experiences that felt so natural. And for me, it, looking back now, it really helped me understand the energy of love, which is that universal energy. So a few years back, I was, you know, really doing a lot of work, energy work on myself, a lot of emotional work as well. Had um, been in therapy before, but I wasn't in therapy at that exact time. But I was using a lot of tools that I had learned. And I was going to get my cat food at the vet that we used. And it is a veterinarian. So, of course, they do say goodbye to a lot of pets there, too. And on their desk, they have a upside down globe. So, a glass globe on the desk. And inside the globe is a string of lights. And there's a sign next to the globe and the string of lights that says, When these lights are on, someone is saying goodbye. So please be respectful, you know, keep your voices down, just letting us know to not, you know, be laughing it up while somebody is having to say goodbye. And it's, do you know, I have one of those funny memories where like, I can remember dates very easily, days of the week it was, actual dates, the outfit I was wearing, the outfit the other person was wearing, those odd details I tend to always remember. So I do remember that this actually happened on October 24th, which is so interesting because it's almost October 24th. So I am, you know, really working through my healing, have discovered that I really love Reiki, that I love working with energy, that I have really been doing this my whole life, but didn't really realize it. So now I can focus it into new meditation practices, like really connecting to the things that I had forgotten about. Awakening, activating, really uncovering all of those intuitive and empathic gifts, tools, natural, inherent abilities that we all have. So I walk into the vet at the end of October And I see that the lights are on under the globe. And so I kind of close the door and then I stop. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, get the food, be quiet. I also, you know, you don't want to hear that, that somebody has to say goodbye to their pet. So sad. So yeah, all those feelings right away as I'm closing the door. And so the lights are on under the globe. I'm like, okay, so I go and get my food quietly, bring it up to the desk but then the lights are off. And then the girl starts, you know, talking loudly and kind of 
in a normal way, in a way that I wouldn't expect her to be speaking if somebody was saying goodbye to their pet, because it's not a huge veterinarian hospital. Like I think the office is right behind, you know, where the desk is. So the walls are probably not that thin or not that thick. And then I look and the lights aren't on. And I thought, oh, okay, maybe the sun was streaming through. That makes sense. They looked like they were on. Thank goodness. I was like, oh, good. No dying pets today. So as I'm, as she's bringing me in and just waiting for her to finish, I hear the bell on the door open behind me. They have one of those bells. And this woman starts screaming and she's holding her dog. And I look over my shoulder and she has her dog in her arms, very tiny dog. I couldn't really see what was wrong. And she said, he was just hit. I don't know what happened. Like horrible. And so the woman gets up from around the desk because there are vet techs as well, not just the cashiers there. So she goes around, gets the dog, moves away, brings him into the back. The woman is bawling, like freaking out. Of course she is. Very understandable. She is shaken, upset, just saw her dog get hit by a car. So I am just standing there feeling everything at once. I feel like, oh my God, how, you know, what do I do? I guess I just stand here. I don't really, I hope that her dog is okay. Like really kind of in the midst of the chaos. And she sits down and she's, you know, crying really a lot. And all I did was I went and sat down, not next to her, not right next to her. No, I sat down a few seats away, but I just sat there and I didn't go on my phone and I didn't, you know, think of a grocery list. I really wanted to, I didn't send her, you know, any kind of energy because you need to have, I believe you need to have consent for that. She would need to ask me to do that. But I did feel called to just sit there. And I sat there while she was really falling apart, waiting to hear about her puppy. And I just was another body there for her. Where, you know, kind of looked over and let her know that I was there while she was waiting. That's all it felt like I should have done. That's all I really could do. Just being kind. That's what I was trying to do. Just doing what I would want. Somebody to acknowledge the devastation. And so the vet tech comes out and calls her in. I still needed my food. I wasn't in a rush. So I thought, well, I'll just wait. And then finally the vet tech came out alone. And she switched on the lights. She switched on the lights that said, somebody is saying goodbye to their pet. So the lights that I had thought were on were now actually on. And so she switched it on and she said, oh, I'll just be right back. And I said, oh yeah, yeah, please take your time. (laughs) Take your time, please. And so she went back in. And I was just standing there at the desk. Nobody else was there. And then after a few minutes, I felt the deepest warmth in my chest. 
in my heart. It was that heaviness, that weighted love. I felt it. And then I looked up and I could see just some really beautiful blue light moving and kind of a soft ribbon just across above the desk and then it just kind of disappeared. And when the light disappeared, that feeling went away. And then the vet tech came back and she apologized. And I said, no, no, no apologies, but thank you. Said, thank you for all the work you do. And so she rang up my food and I walked out. And I remember I walked home that day and I was shocked that I wasn't upset. I hadn't absorbed all of that emotion that I was around. And that's what I was really working on, on my empathic boundaries, that I wasn't in her experience. I was there witnessing it. And as I walked home, I remember being so blown away that regardless whether that was my imagination, whether that was my intuition showing me speaking to me through my imagination, or whether that light was physically there, the feeling was real. And that day is when I really knew that that connection never dies. It just expands. And when I was standing there at the desk, what I feel like may have happened is I connected to their love, that I connected to the woman and her beautiful dog, to their love. And it was such a beautiful experience. So thank you for letting me share that with you. And I hope that it helped you kind of realize and remember the love you have for your loved ones who have passed. And I don't want to ever say lost. Because there is a loss, of course. But your loved ones, our loved ones, they are never lost. And maybe now is the time for you to set some some time aside and feel that love again, if you haven't in a while, to really honor the love that you still share. So thank you. Thank you for letting me share that with you. I hope that you enjoyed this this loving episode, emotional episode, but loving, energetic, intuitive episode. And yeah, thank you for listening. You know where all of the notes are. I won't do my normal roundup at the end. I will just say this time, thank you for letting me share. Be kind to yourself. And I'll talk to you soon.
wanted to say something very, very meaningful. 